0: Okay, Soma is over, Lent is done. So I'm gonna make you a little hungry. Bread is good. I don't know if anybody gave up bread for Lent. It's a weird thing to give up for Lent. Bread is good and cheese is really good. On Friday we were fasting from dairy as well, so we didn't have any of that. And if you put them together, that's even better. Gupta, very complicated recipe. And if you add to them uh, chai, it's a secret that Chaldeans know, something magic happens, and it becomes 10 times better, right? Those three things in particular. Each one is fine. Each one by itself is fine. They're all good by themselves. Together, they're amazing. And that combination requires that combination. All three of those things have to be there. And there's a kind of chemistry that works, and that just kind of explodes, and it's just perfect. And, I'm going to go to the faith now. That was an analogy for something. Okay. In the faith, something similar happens. There are elements that have to be there. And the faith is not just one thing. Being a faithful person, having faith, is not just a single thing by itself. And we can get in big trouble. We can become heretical. We can sort of believe the wrong things about God and about, about what our faith is about if we are missing larger parts of this. There are entire denominations of Christianity that think that faith is just this sort of intellectual act that I believe that I have to agree to a statement and that if I agree to the statement that's all faith is. There are people that live as if the faith you know being a sort of faithful Christian Is doing good works and being loving and caring towards others. There are people that think that being a Christian just means maybe being humble and having a certain sort of internal attitude and those are all parts of the faith and those are all essential. But no one of them is what faith is. All of those are required and we see that in the gospel today. We see Peter and John of the disciples, hearing the tomb is empty, Mary Magdalene is there, she sees the tomb is empty, she goes and tells Peter and John, what is the first thing they do? They drop everything they're doing and they run to the tomb. They run, specifically says that they ran. And they ran really fast and John, who was younger, got there first, that's how much Love and zeal was burning in his heart. Dropped everything. Nothing was more important than this. Runs to the tomb. That love, that zeal, is absolutely an essential part of living the faith. Without it, you don't have whatever the faith is. If you're not... And I'm not talking about just the feeling. It doesn't say how they felt. It says what they did. And what they did was what their love was. They dropped everything and went to the tomb to try to find Jesus. Not even knowing whether he was gonna be there or not just not, they just knew that they had to be there. That love is essential. So ask yourself. Am I dropping everything that needs to be dropped? And am I coming to the tomb, which is symbolized by the altar in the church? Or am I too busy, and I got stuff going on, and I have work, and I have a game, and I have the kids, and I have responsibilities, and I have this, and I have this? You're missing one of the most important things. Your faith is not there, it's missing. that's why Sunday Mass is here for all of us for every Sunday and it's a sin to miss it. it means your love isn't there and again, maybe you don't feel like it it doesn't tell us what they felt they dropped everything and went and every Sunday this is our responsibility as, as members of the church however that being said that's not all of it and I see a lot of you that I don't recognize You're welcome. This is your house. And I see a lot of you that I do recognize. And to you I say, great, I'm glad you come every Sunday. That's not all of it, though. It's essential. It's necessary, but it's not sufficient. It's not enough. It's just the bread. It's just the lukhva. You're missing the gupta and the chai. What are you missing? Just the love, just the act of coming. Great. Step one. Peter gets there, and there's really interesting details given here. He went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths and the napkin, and then there's the the gospel writer, just goes on this tangent, the napkin that had been on his head, and it wasn't with the linen cloths, and it was rolled up in a place by itself. All these details, what's going on? He's saying what's kind of going on in Peter's head. He's looking around, this is weird. He's analyzing the situation. Intelligence. That's a part of it. So I said, some people think that the faith is simply just this intellectual assent. I agree with this statement. That is part of it, though. It's not everything, but it is part of it. And that intellectual assent requires thinking. And you think and you analyze and you try to figure things out. And being a Catholic doesn't mean being dumb. And people want to paint us that way. And being a Catholic doesn't mean being against thoughtfulness and against high education and against science that is not what christianity is if the faith is an intellectual virtue which it is that means it's the fulfillment of the intellect that means the more we think the more we analyze the more we understand the more faithful we will become and sometimes there's questions on the way and say, oh this doesn't quite make, make sense i don't get it that's exactly where peter was peter was in the tomb and he was looking this doesn't make sense it's weird And sometimes the faith is not gonna make sense, it's gonna be weird, until it clicks. When does it click? Well, Peter was doing the analysis, but he didn't quite get it. Because love is necessary, it's sufficient, and intelligence and thoughtfulness is necessary, but not sufficient. But both of those are still human things and faith in the end is a gift from God and we will not be able to receive a gift from God if we don't understand that we need him and the virtue that clicks and makes everything come together is humility. John and Peter both ran to the tomb. Peter went in and looked and tried to analyze things. But John was the only one who got it. Why? Well, we see an example of John's humility in the Gospel. He got to the tomb first. He got there first. First come, first serve. He didn't go in. That was an act of humility. The most astounding event ever in history. And John could have been the first one to go into that tomb. And he said, Nope, Peter's the boss. He's the head of the apostles. I'm not going in. That was real humility. And showing that humility, having that internal attitude of being knowing that I am not the greatest, that I am in need, that I need to be receptive, that God has to help me. John goes in and it says he saw and believed. It clicked for him. It clicked. If he wasn't there, if they hadn't run to the tomb, there's nothing to see. There's no bread. If they didn't think about it, if Peter didn't start thinking, like, what's going on with this head wrapping and then the linen cl- If there's no thinking, there's no I don't know what that is, if that's Gupta or or Chai, whatever the second one is, okay? What is it that brings it all together? I guess that's Gupta. What made everything click? John goes in humbly. He's there because he loves. He's thinking because he's thoughtful. But he goes in and he's humble and it clicks. Why is the head wrapping on the other side? You know they would entomb people and they would wrap a, like a long piece of fabric around the person's head and around their eyes just because it's, you know, to kind of keep them a little bit dignified so their mouth doesn't open and their eyes don't roll back. You know, just to have a little bit of dignity for the, for the in the funeral. John goes in, the tomb's empty, the body's missing. Did somebody steal the body? I don't know. He's looking around. Wait, if somebody stole the body, Why is is the cloth still here? That doesn't make sense. If somebody stole the body and it's sticky, you know, there's like different, you know, oils and different things they put on the body so the the cloths were were stuck to him. It wasn't just this like loose thing. If somebody was was in a rush trying to like cause this weird hoax or do something, I don't know what, why would they take that long fabric off of his head and fold it up If you're in a hurry, if you're about to do something criminal, you're not going to chill and just sit in that tomb and fold that thing up and put it over there somewhere. Who's going to do that? You know who's going to roll that thing up? Somebody who rose from the dead and does not have a care in the world, because he's defeated death. And Christ, who rose from the dead and turned the world upside down, yeah, why does he need to hurry? He's going to get up. Why not? Take that thing off? Yeah, sure, I'm going to roll this up. I'm going to put it all the way over there. (laughs) Knife in there. John saw that or something like that, and it clicked. He saw and believed. The love of being at the tomb, which is what the church represents, what the altar represents, and the thoughtfulness of trying your best to understand your faith, and doing the reading, and asking questions, and really digging deep to get it, they're great, they're important, but it comes together, brothers and sisters, in humility to know that we need the gift of God, we need his grace, that by ourselves we are not sufficient, we can't do this alone. All of those, these three things together, with none of them missing, that is where our faith is, that is where our salvation is, and it is there that we find uh, the joy of the resurrection. Um,